0: Well hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Political State from The Oklahoman. I'm Ben Felder. Today is Friday, January 26th. Later on in today's episode, I'm going to be joined with the political state crew, Dale and Justin. We're going to talk about uh, some more governor candidates announcing whether or not they support or reject a proposal for tax increases to fill a massive budget hole. Uh, Also, look at the congressional race and how uh, the uh, race for Congress here in Oklahoma may look a little different than in some other states. But here in this first segment, let me introduce our guest for the week, and that is Alicia Priest, who is the president of the Oklahoma Education Association, Teachers Union here in Oklahoma. And Alicia, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank
1: you. Thanks for having me.
0: me. let me ask you right off the bat: the big issue right now in education, the big issue, or one of the most focal points over the last few years, has been funding, specifically teacher pay. Uh, your organization has, uh, you know, lobbied and advocated for this, whether it's through the state question a couple years ago, right. well, you know, a year and a half ago, um, or efforts that have been attempted at the capital to pass through a teacher pay raise bill. Um, you know the, the ballot question. Some of these bills haven't been successful, but going into this year's legislative session, which begins in uh, in a week, um, there is a proposal, a budget proposal, step up Oklahoma, a, a variety of tax increases to do a lot of things, including fund a five thousand dollar teacher pay raise. Your group has backed that this week. Um, it's something you've backed for a while. But before we get a little further, you know, why is this? Why is this a plan that you guys are supporting?
1: Well, you know. Um During 779, we we walked and knocked doors, and we heard over and over again, we support our teachers, we support our schools. But the legislature dug the hole, and they need to figure out a way to um, move us forward. Mm -hmm. And so so the step-up program, the plan, which we have signed on to the revenue-raising and teacher-raise portion of, um, sets a path forward to fill our revenue shortfalls and gives us a way to fund a $5,000 teacher raise. Um, it's, it, we have a three-year plan to get a $10,000 raise for teachers and a $5,000 raise for our education support professionals um, as well as uh, a, a raise for our state employees and um, a cost of living adjustment for our all retirees in the pension system. And so um, we see this as a way to get revenue influx into the state, fill that budget hole, shore up our core services, and support our public education system.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, given that you guys have advocated for this for a long time, it was no surprise to to see uh, your organization support this. I think what was, not surprising, but I think the thing that I noticed this week was almost every major education advocacy group in the state has come out, in fact, in unison came out and supported this. Um, and like I said, that's not so surprising. But what I do think is it's actually pretty big for this group because groups like yours have been some of the most um, organized, at least in terms of mobilizing advocacy at the Capitol. You know, whether that's uh, you know great bringing a group of teachers to talk to the legislature or hosting large teacher rallies outside the Capitol. I mean, those are things that we've seen. What do you think that that advocacy will look like this year uh, as you fight for this uh, budget plan to ultimately be approved?
1: Well teachers know that everything about education is political from the textbooks that we get to use to our salaries and pensions and benefits to you know, just those local decisions um, that the locally elected school boards make. So, um, so we understand that we have to be part of the political process mm-hmm. and use our voices—not just voting, but being active and writing our legislators and and making sure that they understand that we know about education. We're the education professionals, and um, and they should talk to us before you know, making policy decisions about, about our work structure. So, um, so we'll be doing s- some more advocacy the same way, making sure that our legislators know who we are, um, who the teachers are, and the support professionals Cooks, bus drivers, mm-hmm. secretaries—who uh, they are in their district—and and making those connections so that they understand, you know, hey, talk to somebody that's in in the trenches, as they say, with uh, with the school system and with kids, and and make decisions based on what's right for our kids in Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, you know, I think back a few years, um, you know, like I said, we've seen some rather large teacher rallies. I mean, some of the biggest gatherings have been um, teachers advocating for funding and pay increases. Um, there was a lot of effort going into State Question 779, and then it seemed like, you know, when that fell in, in 2016, in the November election, it seemed like last session that there was, um, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe that there was a big rally of any sorts last year. I mean, you no. guys had some, had some moments where you brought some teachers up there, but it just seemed like there was kind of a deflated feeling in education. I think everybody kind of like was taking stock of what had just happened. There were a lot of teachers that it kind of, uh, said that the rejection of that state question kind of left them feeling like maybe nothing's going to change um, and maybe maybe a lot of people kind of need a year or some months to kind of you know regroup and, and kind of re-energize and so I wonder going into this session do you feel like you know if last year was somewhat of a quieter year I mean do you anticipate that being different this year especially now that you have kind of a defined win?
1: Right so um, I think a lot of teachers were or many teachers uh, showed what they felt by leaving the, yeah. the uh, teaching profession or leaving the state. You know, our former State Teacher of the Year left to go to Texas, he and his wife, and are making about $50,000 more uh, as, a, as a couple, um, doing the same job that they did here and feeling more supported. Mm-hmm. And I think last year we took the year to um, make sure that everybody understands the issues, that the teacher shortage is real and our latest polling results show that the people understand that. Uh, that they believe that uh, teacher shortage is a real problem and uh, and a problem that needs to be fixed. You know, in, in the poll that we did in December uh, with registered voters oversampling Republicans um, overwhelmingly believe that uh, the legislature is not funding education appropriately. Only 7% of voters believe that the legislature is doing right by public education through funding. And only 12% believe in the governor no. uh, funding education appropriately. So, we've got momentum going into it. The communities support their schools. And so, uh, this, is, this is the time that our legislators need to um, look at the big picture of what's going on for the state. If we want business to come in, then we have to fund education if we want to have a workforce that's educated and able to do the jobs that we need them to do then we have to fund education if we want to make a change in how many people are in our prison system then we have to fund education there is a direct correlation to all of those things and public education
0: yeah you know it's uh, it's i mean education funding teacher pay i mean it's been it's something that's been talked about for a while but you know I think it's it's easy to forget that it hasn't necessarily had this intensity of focus uh, I mean you know in the last couple of years obviously the state question helped draw that in there but you talk about your polling I mean most every lawmaker you talk to um, that 's coming off an election, Democrat or Republican, one of the first things they say is that they 're hearing from constituents uh, about teacher pay and i don 't know that that was a reality, even just two years ago. I mean it was a topic of conversation You're right, especially within the Capitol. but now it seems like there is um, like I said the, the intensity of focus on this issue it is there are a lot of there are a lot of pieces to the step up Oklahoma plan, a lot of holes is trying to fill. Um, but it seems like teacher pay is one of the more popular aspects of this and the one that's getting the most attention. I would have to think that that, you know, you f- it makes you feel somewhat, you know, motivated going into the year that, that maybe you can get something done because of that.
1: Absolutely motivated. I think that uh, teachers see that um, the, their community supports them and that all these legislators that have run said, I support teachers, I support public schools, and now is the time that they need to show that and, um, and vote for the Step Up Revenue Raising Plan.
0: Yeah, well, uh, let me ask you, so where do you imagine some of the hurdles coming? I mean, besides the fact that it's a legislature that's gonna have to approve a bunch of tax increases, which has been very difficult to do, hasn't been impossible to do, um, you know, up until now. I mean, where do you feel in like- In the first special session, yeah.
1: 70, 71 votes. You know, uh, unfortunately, we have to reach a super, super majority yeah. to get, and get 76 votes uh, to, to get that to pass in the House, but, um, that that in itself is a win you know if if we look at what a win is it didn't pass but 71 votes who would have thought 71 of our Oklahoma elected officials would vote for uh, a tax increase but we know that we have to fund core core services in our state, including public education, yeah. and, and that's a huge message that that we have to take to heart.
0: Well, there's going to be a lot of people that will say yeah, we had 71 last year, but now it's an election year and it's tougher. I imagine you may be looking at it the other way around. It's an election year. Our job is to maybe drive home the idea that this is something that they can win election on. It's supporting a teacher pay raise,
1: right? They they have to look at those educators in the in the face and say, you know, um, yeah, I said I supported public education, but Um, but not like that Um, and and it's crushing our schools especially our rural schools uh, with funding cuts and funding cuts and funding cuts uh, programs and services going down uh, in those schools children not being able to get all of the classes that they need to take Um, that's not okay my daughter was crying the other night and we live in a nice suburban area um, that she doesn't have a textbook in order to do her homework at night because they only have a classroom set of textbooks. That's not okay. You know, 49 to 59 kids in AP Chemistry or um, AP English or any class really uh, is not okay. That does not allow for the teacher to meet the needs of the students in the classroom. You know, uh, our corrections officers that are paid you know, uh, poverty wages, especially for the jobs that they do and the, and the turnover and the, the circumstances in which they work, you know, our legislators are going to have to come back home and look at their constituents and say, you know, um, I either voted to support you and our communities or, um, or uh, you know, I'm not going to pass a tax increase for anything and um, the future of our state is in peril because of that.
0: Yeah. Well, um, before we wrap up, I mean, obviously a lot of the attention is on teacher pay, and as you just said, you know, funding in general. Any other issues of, of education importance that you guys are kind of closely monitoring as we head into the new session?
1: So, um, so we have our Together We're Stronger plan, which, of course, includes the increases for uh, state employees and our ESPs. Um, and, and we have bills uh, that, are, uh, that are authored and ready to go uh, to make those things happen we want to make sure that our teachers are safe and our students are safe in the classroom and that they have the supports that they need to um, to do what's right for the children of Oklahoma
0: Yeah, well it's going to definitely be an interesting session it always is but even more so this year And like I said I think um like I said this week with with your organization and so many other education groups coming out in support of this um like I said I mean you guys have been some of the most vocal at the capitol it's going to be definitely interesting to watch that and um if, it, if this does get through, and we've talked about this on, on, the, on the show before, if it does get through, I, it doesn't appear likely that it's going to be easy sailing, so it's probably going to require right. some, some muscle on the uh, part of advocacy groups like yourself, so it'll definitely be interesting to watch what that looks like over the next few months.
1: And we will be advocating.
0: Yeah. Well, Alicia Priest with the uh, Oklahoma Education Association, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening and watching Political State from the Oklahoman. Well, welcome back to The Political State from the Oklahoman. I'm Ben Felder. Joining me in this second segment is the Political State crew, Dale from the Capitol, Justin from the Federal Beat. Gentlemen, good afternoon. How's it Well, it is one of the most popular sayings in politics that all politics is local, right? Um, I actually think sometimes that it's the opposite, that sometimes politics is all, all politics is national. And people tend to look at the top of the ticket, even when they decide about local issues. But it may be real right now, uh, especially when we saw what had happened last week. Man, it was just a week ago. But the government shutdown, kind of a light shutdown, a three-day three weekend shutdown for the federal government. Um, but, Justin, you and I were talking about this, that uh, after, the, after the government shutdown, when nationally there was a lot of debate about who was to blame over it, did the Democrats blink? Um, The response from Democrats in Oklahoma, who were kind of trumpeting up their candidates for for Congress, um, they weren't talking about what happened in D.C., they were focused on local state issues. and I think that's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic.
2: It is interesting. It's something I've been hearing the last few weeks from Democratic strategists, even people working on Democratic campaigns is they're hearing when they go to town halls or they just meet with voters or donors, they want to hear about state issues more than federal issues right now. Those are just the pressing issues. And I heard Steve Russell, Congressman Steve Russell, talk about this this morning when he, again, meets with constituents, does town halls, things like that. He's hearing about state issues, sometimes even local issues, where he has to tell them that's your county commission. or, But oftentimes he's telling them that's the capital, I mean, you know, that's the state capital here in Oklahoma City, you have to talk to your senator, and I can give you their number, but that's who uh, who you need to talk to. So those issues are kind of dominating. That's interesting because we think of Trump as this dominant, polarizing figure who just shuts out any other kind of conversation and is always the topic of discussion, and and that's not necessarily true. At least here in Oklahoma, uh, because of this budget issue at the state level, that is such a, a dominant, Topic right now. Yeah, you know,
3: that, that's really surprising. Uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote a story uh, as I was covering the state legislature. I talked to some of the legislative assistants who answer calls for our state legislators, and uh, they had uh, some pretty wild stories about people calling and and uh, uh, giving their two cents, really, about what was ha- whatever the topic, as was, on the national level. Whether it was immigration. Or uh, whatever divisive yeah. issue it may be, um, and it's really it would really kind of be surprising if it's if it's uh, sort of flipping around the other way. Yeah. Um, the 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 budget has been uh, just such a, a powerful story in Oklahoma uh, for really the last uh, four years, um, uh, especially since we've had con- uh, consecutive budget shortfalls, and uh, probably you're seeing that frustration build to the point that. Um, uh, even if they uh, know that their, their local uh, legislator is the one to talk to, um, uh, maybe turning to their congressman or senator maybe for some political help, to get something done.
0: Yeah, you know, I, you know, you know, talking with, uh, you know, especially Republicans a few years ago, several years ago, uh, you know, a lot of them would have said, hey, part of the reason I got elected was because of the rejection of the Obama administration, um, and so, you know, just a while ago, you're right, it was kind of even when people were casting local votes, they were thinking about some of those national issues. Here in Oklahoma, and it has kind of flipped now. So I wanna ask you, like, well, who is that better for? Because I almost wonder if that's better for the Democrats in a way, because if you're, you know, like Congressman Russell, you know, what is he supposed to do about it? He can, like you said, Justin, I mean, his response is that, well, I mean, I can put you in touch with your local person, but there's not much I can do in D.C. when it comes to increasing teacher pay or fixing the budget. If you're a Democrat running as, you know, the alternative, maybe you can run a little bit more on identity politics of saying, like, you know, it's the Republicans' fault of what's going on here in Oklahoma, so, so they've got to be making bad decisions in D.C., so, you know, elect a Democrat. I don't know. What do you, who do you think it kind of helps?
2: I wonder what, if, if you get the Democratic base energized, they're going to have more of an effect on legislative races here rather than one congressional race, which comes up every two years. We have legislative races more often now yeah. because of the specials. So if you can get the state Democrats fired up, and they seem to be right now on a bit of a roll here with the specials, then you seem you would seem to have more immediate results at the state level. So it probably helps them for that reason. Um, but I mean, th- there is a big push right now around Oklahoma City to get a Democrat in Russell's seat. I do think that could be a close race if fundraising keeps up for a Democrat and they it has to be a Democrat who can pull over some Republicans as well.
0: Yeah,
2: Remains to be seen if that will be close. It could happen though. Yeah, But I well, do think you have an energized Democratic base in a lot of parts of the state.
0: Yeah, a lot well, of part of the country. Yeah. yeah, well, and you're talking about you know the the congressional race in November. It was still a long ways away, right? Um, you know, depending on what happens this session, I mean, you know, maybe they they find a solution for the budget and they move on, or they feel like they found a solution. Um, you know, who knows? Come election day, November, whether or not these local issues are still the dominant issues. They are. I mean, they may be worse, but they may be better. I don't know. It could go either way, right?
3: Right. Well, the, it, they're they're a little bit past the point at which. Uh, whatever they, uh, however they fix the budget situation if it happens um, uh, they're a little bit past the point for whatever that decision is to not affect the November election um, because the, the effects of whatever they adopt are going to be felt right about the time that people are going to be going to the polls whether it's a new tax uh, or whether it's a cut in government services that um, may accumulate over time as more people realize the services that they expected weren't there, um, so um, really, um, it, I think it remains to be seen who benefits um, from a, a more hyper-local interest in um, in politics in general. Um, but um, uh, certainly, the the leaders of the Republican and Democratic parties are hoping that. Um, Sort of the the dam will will break in their, uh, in the opposite direction from where they stand.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of coming down, looking more at the local races, uh, and we've talked about this before. I mean, you've got a legislative session that is leading into a primary election before you get to the general election, and often there's a big zigzag, especially for the Republicans right now. You know, I got to think that if you're if you're the Republican legislature. Um, So we've been talking about this Step Up Oklahoma plan, this, you know, series of tax increases to fill the budget um, and, you know, fund a teacher pay raise and some other issues. Um, That Step Up Oklahoma group has, you know, the the talk from them is they want to vote quickly. I mean, sooner rather than later. I think if you're a Republican legislature, you want it sooner rather than later. If you're the leader, you're like, I, I want this vote to happen as far away from the primary as possible. Sure. If you're the Democrats, you probably want it to happen as close to the, to the primary as, as possible. And whatever happens in the legislature, the session here is beginning pretty soon, uh, they're gonna need Democratic support. Um, and I wonder how much that, that dynamic will, will slow things down as the Democrats start to now you know, now that the spotlight returns to them, a spotlight they don't often get, they have a chance to kinda, of, for lack of a better term, you know, milk it out a little bit. Um, but I would imagine they'd like to see that vote happen a little closer to June, I don't know.
3: Well, um, uh, what happens when, uh, I'm gonna give you a, an analogy, and I'm gonna torture it a little bit. Okay. So, so what, what happens when um, you're in the water, and uh, uh, in, in the ocean, maybe off the coast of Australia, and, and, uh, and you cut your foot on a rock, um, the sharks are, are going to smell it. They're going to smell blood in the water, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to come to you, and they're going to fiercely uh, uh, try to achieve their goal. Um, now that, that analogy metaphor is out of the way, um, the the Democrats smell blood. Yeah, um, they so far, if, if their goal has been to delay and obfusc- obfuscate uh, the, uh, the the legislative process through uh, um, uh, holding back this far on uh, on uh, agreements with Republicans, um, if that was their goal, they've they've accomplished it. Uh, there was sort of a uh, maybe uh, uh, the closest they ever came was at the uh, was last year when they were voting on this four percent gross production tax and a number number of other tax increases. You know when they lost uh, that coalition of very conservative Republicans and that vote still didn't go forward um, but like I said the Democrats um, have sort of, we've sort of seen what happens when the Democrats don't agree to go along with the Republicans it makes uh, a lot of people frustrated but you know if uh, people may in uh, November uh, take the the leadership of the state to task for um, for the lack of getting anything done Mm -hmm. rather than uh, the the Democrats who either wouldn't go along or um, don't believe that they could based on their Political yeah. Well, and that
0: was kind of the, the the assumption at the national level with the government shutdown that even right. though the Democrats were the ones holding it up in some, I mean, the Democrats would say the Republicans were at fault and vice versa, obviously. But I mean, if they were, the Republicans were trying to get the Democrats to come on board, and you know, for a lot of Democrats, they said, hey, that you know, we we believe at this point that the party in power is going to be the ones that get blamed for us now you know, some would argue that maybe they blinked because they thought that may not be the case. You know, that people are gonna have different opinions about that. But that's true here locally too, right? I mean I think the Democrats are needed for this. Um, to get this passed, uh, the assumption may be, like you just said, that hey, we're not in power here. People look at the legislature, they look at the Capitol um, as Republican controlled. Your average voter is not going through there and counting up votes and whipping votes and deciding which lawmaker for which party is casting casting a ballot for which thing. They just kind of look at things in very red and blue terms. And obviously politics is more nuanced than that in reality, but it's not usually the way the electorate looks at it. I so with the with this budget plan. So the the legislature is is convening um, a week from Monday, February fifth. February fifth. Uh, you know the governor will make her last her final state of the state as she as she reaches term limits. Um, you know we we have seen this happen before, and and the budget is always the last thing to get done. And, and every year they always talk about let's get the budget done sooner. I think. You know, Governor Fallon has talked about that the last few years. Hey, give me a budget you know, much sooner than, than May. Um, given the fact that we know the pace of the legislature is usually to get the budget done at the last minute, um, you know, what are the odds that this, this big budget proposal, which is on the table, so, so to speak, going into the session, any chance this actually does get done in the early months of the session? Rather than the
3: light, it'll be maybe in a piecemeal fashion. Um, I I think you might see some of the more popular proposals leave the House floor uh, or leave the Senate floor wherever it originates uh, in the first couple of weeks, um, and so that the uh, Republican leadership can have an early victory um, if they can get it signed into law by May. then you know, that, that could give them some momentum. Uh, not May, but March. Two months into the session, um, if, if they could get that signed uh, by the end of March, uh, then that could give them some momentum going into uh, uh, some of the uh, the campaigning late in the in the primary season. If if in fact they do have some candidates uh, opposing them, um, but. Uh, the the real sort of big items, the tax increases, I don't think we're going to have a resolution until uh, late in session, if at all.
0: Yeah. Well, once again, like I said, I think it's likely that Democrats are going to want to prolong that for as long as they can as we get close to June. You know, it's interesting because the Republican leadership may look at passing this through as a victory, you know, but some candidates for governor who are running for the Republican uh, nomination don't see passing these tax increases as a victory. In fact, they're hanging their hat On winning it through opposing it. Um, We talked about uh, uh, Lamb's opposition to these to this proposal and then this week um, uh, Stitt and Richardson, uh, two other Republican candidates for governor, have said that they're not in favor of this. So far there's not a Republican that is. Uh, Cornett's response has kind of been let's wait and see. Um, But now we have three uh, candidates who are saying that they uh, uh, you know they don't see a path to the party's nomination by supporting you know these massive tax increases
3: right well the important thing here is that they don't have a vote uh, and they won't be sort of on the record so to speak um, if it comes up for a vote in the legislature so um, they're probably perfectly content being saddled with uh, uh, with whatever the outcome is um, and that's uh, probably a generalization maybe maybe a guess more than anything but um, uh, it's uh, the The reason, I think, why they're opposing it, uh, if you look back to October, Sunapol ran a -hmm. a statewide poll and asked people, is the state government getting enough funding? Um, 44% of Democrats said yes, the state is getting enough funding. Uh, 52% of Republicans said the state is getting enough funding. Uh, As far as independents, it's 58%, even more, Uh, believe the state has enough funding. Um, If you ask people, are your taxes too high, Um, 33% uh, of Republicans say yes, 48% say it's just about right. Uh, So you have a a majority of people in the Republican Party who, uh, if we were to uh, interpret these results, would say that raising my taxes would be the wrong move.
0: Hmm. Interesting, yeah. And that's not too surprising about what we know, Sure, but there's been a lot of talk as, as the electorate shifting. Um, you know, I definitely think you can look at Republican leaning districts and say that it's going to be tough to maybe advocate for a tax increase. It's, it's obvious what the governor candidates are doing going into a Republican primary statewide. But once again, that zigzag, I just, you know, I'm trying to, you know, you know, you know guess into the future. Let's say that you have a candidate like Lamb or Stitt, that you know, won the nomination based on their opposition to this, they're probably going to face a Democrat in Edmondson who is going to run on, he's not backing the plan, so to speak, but he's backing the idea of raising taxes. Um, and then I wonder what that looks like in November, but it would look different than it would be in June, right?
3: Certainly, and you have to. Um, I, th- I think you probably have to. If you're if you're running for governor, you, um, and you are uh, for these tax increases, or if you even in the legislature and you're trying to raise taxes, you have to kind of frame it right. In um, instead of saying this nebulous, we're going to raise taxes for the government to pay for things. That's very broad. Uh, yeah, you
2: kind of have to give people a, uh, a a reason why you're doing it, right, Justin? Yeah, and I. Let's keep in mind that these are candidates running for the Republican nomination. An anti-tax message is going to go over well. It's a very red state and winning that nomination is a very big deal. And there are a lot of Republicans right now so they're all trying to separate themselves, differentiate, and coming out opposed to tax increases is a pretty standard Republican primary maneuver. Um, I'm a little surprised by Cornett. Uh, I I think he has the, you know the, that pro-business mentality that much of the step-up plan seems to be uh, associated with and of course he's presided over a city that has race taxes and maps uh, and, and a plan that's been pretty popular at least here mm-hmm. in the city so i was a little surprised by cornet although he's not quite anti uh this plan he just seems to kind of be in the middle right now or not quite decided as as I understand it, so.
0: Yeah, well, and when, and when we saw the reporting on what Cornette, if I'm remembering right, you know, Richardson and Stitt hadn't said yet, I think Lamb had. Um, so there may be a part of him, you know, waiting to kind of see how the rest of the field, uh, you know, shakes loose. I, I would be willing to to bet that almost all of them, with the exception of maybe one, we can talk about in a second, but almost all of the candidates would love for this to be settled quickly too. That this is not something that they want to be, um, they don't want the step up plan, uh, to still be having a lot of focus when we get close to the primary, um, or have having just failed, you right. know, going to the primary. I, mean, I just think it's going to because if it if it's failed, then the then the question from voters is then then what's the answer? And I don't know. It's it is hard to provide an answer without tax increases. It's hard to provide a detailed answer without specific tax increases. You can say that there's waste, but that's a you know there's not a lot of details in, in that kind of proposal and I wonder if if we see a tax proposal like this fail and going into the June primary when the electri- when Oklahomans are even more frustrated and the polls show that they're frustrated right now I mean I imagine they're going to be wanting some detailed solutions and I'm not sure That's you know, not unreasonable I no mean, it's if not, you don't have a detailed not, yeah. solution
2: to the state's biggest problem then why are you running for governor so yeah I mean the fact that voters will, and reporters will be asking what your plan is to solve the budget is not unreasonable for gubernatorial candidates.
0: Yeah, I said there's one candidate that may not mind that, and I, and I still kind of come back to Richardson. I wonder. Mm-hmm. We've talked about in the past that you we, you think the candidates are going to stay away from the capital as much as possible. Yeah, I don't know about Richardson though. I mean, Richardson yeah. is. I mean, Richardson is the guy that I think. I mean, he is would not be characterized as a front runner. Um, so he's going to need some things to break his way. He's going to need um, you know a boost in in free. Um, and free television, you know, attention, um, and free media attention. And I wonder if he's the kind of guy that will be at the Capitol because he can he can quickly respond as this thing goes. And why I'm against this this tax increase. And then you know that kind of gives him a, a, you know an opportunity to leverage some you know some free attention that I otherwise wouldn't have.
3: He would probably be happy to be the wild card. Yeah, that's what he said. I mean, he has the wild yeah. card. And, um,
0: and I think he'd be willing to, he, he's talked about waste so much, I think he's willing to maybe give you some examples of it. Yeah. I mean, he, Sure. Yeah. And I don't think that he sees, I mean, I think this is a, a guy that legitimately is running because he doesn't think the state needs higher taxes. Not to say that Lamb and them don't agree with that as well, but he's really staked his identity on that.
3: Well, and uh, we have a, a group here in Oklahoma, uh, the OCPA, who has a list, and they'd be happy to show you and, and describe it in detail of all of a lot of the things that they see as waste uh, here in the state. Um, so, you know, the, the, the waste and uh, fraud question isn't exactly unexplained uh, from the Republican side. Um, a lot of times it just goes without explaining. Um, uh, it's easy to understand, and, and a lot of people, um, certainly if you're conservative, already agree with that. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, the job of people like us to ask, okay, so what? how would you do it? Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, so many moving parts. And and, and what I guess I think as we're establishing is, you know, the electorate is never, you know, it, you know, the Republican voter base is made up of a variety of viewpoints and opinions. And, and that's one reason why I think this budget plan is going to, you know, face some challenges because, you're, you know, you're not just looking, you know, not all Republicans in the Capitol are going to view this you know this proposal the same, um, and they're all going to want different things out of it. They're all going to have. I mean, I've heard some lawmakers saying, you know, I'm really focused on you know that income tax piece. That's what I'm really focused on. Another one's talking about wind. I mean, everyone's got their their focal their focal points and their focus areas. But it's definitely going to be um, it's definitely going to be an interesting session. Hey, Dale. I can't
2: wait.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't wait either. And so uh, we have next week's episode of Political State will be our last before session starts. So next week, we're going to devote the entire episode to previewing the session, getting you ready with everything that you need to know, the news and analysis, as we head into the launch of the 2018 session, which will start with the Governor's State of the State Monday.
3: I'll, I'll explain all 2,000 bills for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a long be a long episode. Um, just a sentence on each, please, yeah. to, keep it, to keep it under wraps. So, um, and, of course, if anything else kind of bigs come, comes up, especially in the federal scene, uh, we'll bring that to you as well. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Political State, which, as always, you can listen on your favorite podcasting app or watch us online at NewsOK.com, the NewsOK's YouTube page as well. With Justin and Dale, I'm Ben with The Oklahoman. Thanks for joining us this week. We will see you again for a new
3: episode of Political State next week.